0: This is Next Question with IGNs. My name is Rachel Coletta, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we are going to talk about hot topics in bioethics with our special guest, Anna Iltis. Dr. Anna Iltis is the Carlson Professor of University Studies, Professor of Philosophy, director of the Center for Bioethics, Health and Society at Wake Forest University and holds an appointment in the Department of Social Sciences and Health Policy at Wake Forest School of Medicine. She received her PhD from Rice University in Houston, Texas, where she is a non-resident scholar at the Baker Institute for Public Policy. She publishes widely in bioethics, particularly in human research ethics and organ transplantation, and is involved in several federally funded research projects. She is president of the American Society for Bioethics and Humanities and is a fellow of the Hastings Center. Welcome, Dr. Iltis. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. We are going to jump right into some questions because this is a topic that seems to be becoming more prevalent in healthcare, especially over the last year and a half with the COVID pandemic and so many ethical and bioethical issues that are coming up in the healthcare space. So the first question that I would like to ask you is, can you explain to us what exactly is bioethics
1: and what do people that work in this field actually do? Great. Um, So bioethics is an interdisciplinary field of inquiry uh, that addresses ethical issues that arise in healthcare, in biomedical research, in biotechnology, and in public health. Um, people working in bioethics can work in a wide range of settings and with a wide range of backgrounds. There are people who work in healthcare uh, settings and clinical settings as clinical ethics consultants working with patients and families and clinicians to resolve conflicts. People work in research ethics, either overseeing research or working alongside investigators to help them design their studies ethically, conduct research, and even to uh, disseminate research findings and to interpret findings. There are also people who work at, organizationals, uh, at the organizational level, developing hospital policies or organizational policies. People work in industry and a whole variety of other settings. And there also, of course, are people like me who work in the academic setting, teaching and doing research in bioethics. It's really hard to imagine kind of any topic in bioethics that doesn't benefit from the input of people from multiple disciplines. So it's a truly interdisciplinary undertaking. Amazing. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, And so you're in the academic arena currently. I am. And I do a lot of work with people who do biomedical research, working on clinical trials and other kinds of human research studies interesting um so let's talk about a few hot topics in
0: bioethics today that have really sig- special significance for people working in the field of ig therapy
1: great so I, before i put in a uh, uh, say anything about hot topics i want to put in a plea for everyday ethics and the importance of those sort of everyday issues that people face and the decisions that they make i think people often don't even realize that they're making ethical decisions everything from explaining information clearly to a patient or to family members to, helping make, to help them make informed decisions, to deciding when to postpone therapy because a patient has an infection or some other decision that needs to be made. Those involve ethical choices, and I think those are everyday ethics that are incredibly important. With that said, um, people in, who provide IG therapy often face decisions about allocating scarce resources and prioritizing patient needs. As you've addressed in some of your educational programs and, and previous podcasts, this is a very significant issue in, in the IG world. And people sort of across the spectrum now have a greater appreciation because of the pandemic for the importance of making decisions about allocating resources and prioritizing patients. It's something that I think at one time most people weren't accustomed to because they didn't face those kinds of shortages. But people who didn't used to have to deal with that now recognize that these are really serious ethical issues that can affect everyone in healthcare. I think certainly the mixing of money and healthcare raises lots of questions. And In the IG world, often it's questions about the sourcing of plasma and the role of payments to plasma donors. There are parallel discussions that come up in the research ethics world in terms of paying research participants. Who should be paid to donate plasma? How much should people be paid? How should those decisions be made? There also are people working on machine learning and artificial intelligence in healthcare, and I imagine that there are really interesting applications of that in the IG world. Certainly people right now are revisiting the use of algorithms and other clinical decision tools that have been derived from non-representative samples, such as data that are derived primarily from patients who are men or who are European Americans. All of that is being greatly scrutinized. There are issues of representation and inclusion in research more generally that have become kind of front and center these days. This involves not only racial and ethnic uh, representation, but also um, the inclusion of women and children in research. Um, and there certainly are very big conversations happening about health equity, diversity and inclusion, uh, both from the perspective of patients, but also from the perspective of the healthcare workforce and the education of future clinicians. So I don't think there's really any area of healthcare that is untouched by those um, topics these days. Um, and finally, I think in the IG world, you're really facing often decisions about when to provide interventions that are not demonstra- have not yet been demonstrated to be safe and effective. And so, those are really serious questions that I think people in providing Ig therapy routinely face. I agree. And I can go back to something that
0: you said early on there when healthcare professionals are faced on a daily basis with ethical decisions as to what the organizational policy says and what is truly. Ethical behavior to the healthcare professional themselves, and so I, I feel that there is a, often a tug of war between what we are supposed to do and what we feel
1: that is the right thing to do. That's an incredibly important issue, and at times that really can result in serious issues for the healthcare workforce. I think we're, we've been looking very carefully at issues of burnout um, in, in healthcare for a long time, but the pandemic has certainly brought that to everybody's attention in even greater ways and one of the factors that contributes to burnout certainly not the only one is what is sometimes referred to as moral distress where people feel that they know the right thing to do and they cannot do it they are constrained in some way they're facing a morally challenging situation they believe they know what to do but they're prevented from doing it and addressing bioethics issues proactively and having a solid system in place to take the needs and interests of all stakeholders into account can help to prevent that or to avoid that. And acknowledging the reality of moral distress is incredibly important. Having mechanisms to work through it can be helpful. And having mechanisms to examine those issues and challenges and conflicts after they arise to see if you can develop better policies and procedures to avoid those problems in the future or to minimize them.
0: Unfortunately, what we've seen uh, since the pandemic and through the pandemic is many healthcare professionals leaving the field uh, that's very unfortunate. There's a shortage to begin with. And I believe that a lot of this has to do with the moral injury or moral distress that you were talking about. Um, and with the pandemic, we obviously weren't prepared. And these types of issues, bioethical issues, ethical issues, really were not a high priority when the goal was just saving lives and, and keeping people, you know, getting in and out of hospital, clear in bed. So I, I feel like maybe now is a good time to go back and look at some of the lessons that were learned and how can we address address these issues uh, so we can continue moving through. We're not through with the pandemic
1: yet. Absolutely, there is so much to be learned and it's gonna take some real humility to recognize where we made some mistakes and where things could have gone differently. Uh, we will have to be really honest, I hope, about looking at the effects of postponing so much other routine healthcare for people and, and really ask what lessons can we learn and how can we plan better for next time? So I do hope we will take this opportunity to do those things and to recognize that what seem like questions that we can put off are in fact not questions that we should put off.
0: So let's talk uh, briefly about some of the common mistakes that people make when they're facing bioethical issues.
1: think one problem is that we often only want the ideal answer we fail to realize that sometimes there are options that might not be ideal but they might be morally acceptable the world is pretty broken and we can't always have the perfect solution and i think sometimes when we only look to the ideal answer we lose sight of other possibly acceptable options and and that can become incredibly frustrating i think another problem is the failure to plan ahead, as we were just discussing. We don't know in advance exactly which questions we will face and which problems we will face, but ethical issues will arise in healthcare no matter what. And so having a plan for how to address those and how to appropriately involve all the relevant stakeholder voices can be incredibly important. When we fail to identify and take into account various competing sometimes perspectives and learn from all of the people who might contribute to helping us understand what options exist, what solutions exist, we lose an opportunity to do the right thing or to do a better thing. So I think having those plans in place can be incredibly important and being willing to involve all of the relevant parties in coming up with solutions can be important. And also just being open, the the first thing you said was
0: we, we know the answer that we want to hear, but it might not be the answer that is the most reasonable answer. So being open to accepting and being willing to look at different perspectives and not being so close minded can go a long way, too.
1: Absolutely. Being open minded and being a bit humble. To recognize that sometimes the thing that we know is absolutely the only answer might not be. There might be other perspectives and other sources of knowledge that we have not yet invited into the conversation that can help us to, in fact, come up with a better solution. And also, sometimes we are
0: looking at things on a very granular level and, and making those decisions when we're not taking into account all of the other aspects of the of the issue that are involved. Um, and so that that's just another point too. Absolutely. So is there anything that you can give us, any kind of advice that you can give us on how to avoid these mistakes and make better decisions in the future?
1: I think it's important to have a way of thoughtfully deliberating about ethical issues, both prospectively for coming up with plans, but also after the fact, being open to identifying where mistakes were made Uh, where we could have done better and how we can do better next time. Sort of the systems approach that is uh, applied to so many other kinds of things, including medical error. We should look at that kind of model and apply it to ethics. Very good, very good answers.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. I think this was a great, quick dive into the topic of bioethics. Thank you so much, Dr. Iltis, for joining us.